That's uh, where I'm calling in from today is Kodiak. Uh, the title of this one is Effective Governance Through, Through Board Standards, Alaska Style. A number of years ago, we at the association realized that, uh, that everybody involved in education had standards. Uh, our students certainly have standards. We give uh, uh, semester tests. We have the high stakes Alaska High School graduation qualifying exam, and so so our students are consistently and constantly assessed by standards that they uh, that they have to maintain. Our teachers and administrators have standards, and they receive uh, yearly evaluations against those standards. Uh, that they have, and so we expect them to uh, to meet uh, certain standards as they as they instruct our students. But the only folks that didn't have standards were school boards, and so a group of folks got together, and this group was made up of school board members, superintendents, community members, business leaders, political leaders, and they spent a weekend in, in Anchorage and came up with a set of board standards that school board members would adhere to. Since then, every school district in the state of Alaska has, uh, has adopted these standards as standards that they, as a board, will live by. Not only that, but across the nation, folks saw what we had done in Alaska, and most other states have adopted standards as well, based on Alaska standards. And so, so we were leaders uh, in this effort. Okay, LD, if you'd change, please. And so our board standards have uh, have five elements, and we're going to be going through these today. And I'll have frequent stops as we go through this to give you a chance to comment or to ask questions or to share something that your school board uh, does. Our board standards are made up of vision, structure, accountability, advocacy, and conduct and ethics. And as I mentioned, we'll be looking at uh, at each one of those. Okay, Ildi? Um, There's certain things that school boards... I'm sorry, Norm, uh, if you would uh, just, uh, let me ask something. Uh, I have a note that someone didn't see the slide. Uh, can everybody see the slide? Can you guys see the slide? I'm still on, and this is Victoria. I'm, I'm still on the first uh, slide. Okay. It just shows the ready talk. Okay, we okay. have a little technical glitch now. here, apparently. I think you're on. Thank you, Norm. Okay, are we where we should be now? Yes. School boards? Mm-hmm. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. Is everybody, is everybody with us now? Yes. Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, please let us know if uh, we, uh, if, if we're not, uh, if it's not where it should be. This is a new technology for us, and so we're still working out a lot of the bugs. Uh, certain things that school boards should do, and these are, I'm just going to talk about the, the highlighted uh, portions of these. You can read these, and every school board does these things. The first one is growth and achievement. Now, certainly that's why that each one of us are on the school board, or why each one of us should be on the school board, is for student achievement growth in what our students are doing. Engage the public in this uh, in this planning process. One thing to remember is that these schools don't belong to us as school boards. They're 
public schools and they belong to the public. And so we should always ensure that the public has a say in exactly what we're doing. The safe school, the very least that parents can expect is that their children are going to be safe when they go to school. And I think all of us spend a great deal of time in our school district ensuring that, uh, that our kids are, are safe. Establish policies. Have, infective, have effective instruction. This is what we're all about. This is why we have schools, to have that, uh, to have that effective uh, instruction. Sound operational uh, policies. Certainly our schools should operate on a, uh, on a, on a plan that, <clears throat> that is, enables us to do the best job with the amount of money uh, that, that we have. And so, so we have all sorts of operational policies in place that, that determine exactly how our schools uh, uh, should be run. Okay, Ildi? We hire a superintendent, and this is the person, this man or this woman that we hire as our superintendent is the person that we place a lot of trust in. And in fact, folks, that is the only employee that we as a school board have. The superintendent works directly uh, for us, and that is the one person that we as a school board evaluate. That's the one person that we hold accountable for the plans that we want uh, for our children. If we want our children to, to experience growth and student achievement, that superintendent is the one we hold uh, accountable to that. Generate community support. And certainly we can't govern our schools as governance officials, as school board members, without uh, that community support. So we obviously have to pay attention and listen to that community. And I think the best thing that we as a school board member, particularly as a new school board member, can learn is to listen to the folks that we represent. Listen to our community. What do they want for their kids? What do they want for their schools? And then to allocate resources uh, effectively. We, each one of us, are responsible for massive amounts of, uh, of funding that we receive both from the state and if we're a borough or a city school district from our communities and from the federal government. And we need to ensure that those resources are allocated in such a way to best meet the needs of our kids. And then finally, we create and monitor those systems having to do with student achievement, okay? We need to know how well our students are doing, how they're doing. Professional performance, we need to know how our teachers and administrators are doing. Financial management, we need to know where our funds are going, if they're going to the proper places. And finally, a safe environment. We need to rest assured, we need to be assured so that we can assure the community that their schools are safe. Okay, next slide. Let's look at vision. The board creates a shared vision to enhance student achievement. We as boards need to spend some time fairly frequently looking at our vision. Most of us, or all of us as school districts, have what we call a mission statement. And that mission statement contains the vision 
that we have for our school district. What do we want from our schools? What do we want for our kids? How are we going to meet that 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 mission or that vision uh, at all times? And and we have to do a lot of stuff as school board members. We're we're approving purchases. We're uh, we're we're approving curriculum. We're approving the uh, uh, employment of uh, teachers. We're evaluating our superintendent. Just a lot of things that we have to do as school board members. Statutorily, we're required to do these things. But what we don't want to let go by the wayside is to periodically look and talk about our vision for our kids. It's important that we have a clear understanding. It's important that we impart this to the community about the vision that we have for uh, for our kids. Now, those of you that uh, that are on this uh, webinar today, can anyone share with the group? Uh, do, do you know what the vision statement that your board has developed? Is there anyone who has that handy would like to share that? Well, that's fine. What I would encourage you to do uh, when you get off of this uh, webinar is to go on your uh, on your district's website and look at your look at your vision statement. And I would challenge you to to type this vision statement up and put it on a uh, maybe put it on a laminated uh, uh, card that you can refer to uh, frequently about your. Uh, about your vision statement, and so so that you can uh, you can share this uh, with uh, with your with your community. Now, can uh, can anyone uh, explain how you've uh, how you've shared your uh, your vision with uh, with your community? How does your community know what your uh, what your vision is. Uh, Norm, this is Victoria. Go ahead. Um, here in, um, in Yakshad, I am a, a really new board member, but uh, one of the things that our board did do was um, they made up these big um, um, boards that have the the mission statement on it and um, that have listed goals and they have them placed around uh, the school grounds and um, that was just done this last year so that's uh, out there for the public to see. Okay, great. Then the, then uh, so so you've got your mission statement out there and it's before people and you display it in various places uh, within the school. That's a, that's a great idea. Any other any other uh, uh, anybody else would like to share how they share their mission statement? Well, some of the ways that uh, that I've seen this uh, happen that you might want to that you uh, might want to consider. Obviously, you want your mission statement on the home page of your uh, of your website, so that anyone that's uh, that uh, that goes onto your website can see that mission statement uh, immediately. I have seen uh, school districts who put their mission statement on their business cards of all their administrators, their school board members, 
and so forth. So that mission statement gets to anyone who uh, who gets a business card. I've been to some school board meetings where they have it on a banner, and that uh, banner is displayed uh, uh, up behind the school board or somewhere in front of the dais on the school board so that folks that come to attend that board meeting can see uh, the, the, uh, uh, the mission statement. So there's, there's, there's numerous ways in which you can, you can share that. I've seen other districts who put their mission statement on their school letterhead uh, stationary so that every piece of correspondence that goes out from the district will have a, uh, that, that mission statement uh, right on the, on the letterhead. So, so, there's just, uh, so there's just numerous uh, ways to, to do that. What are some ways that uh, that you can think of in your short time on the board that your district uh, administrators, or your superintendent, or your board may have uh, may have referred to the mission statement or the vision? Can you think of any ways when you have uh, you have referred to that as a setting board? Yeah, this is Victoria again. Um, one of the ways uh, we we also use it is um, at the beginning of every board meeting, um, right after uh, we do the Pledge of Allegiance, we have a reading of the mission statement just to have it fresh in our mind um, before we start our meetings. Yeah, and does that uh, does that kind of set the tone for your meeting when you hear what your vision, what your mission is? Yeah, it's a, it's a good reminder for for every meeting just to. Get us in the right frame of mind, and um, no matter what's on the agenda, if it's um, just business as usual, or if it's um, if it's going to be a tough meeting, just to remember, you know, we're there for the kids, and get us in that right frame of mind for the meeting. Great idea. Thanks for that. Thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Now we're just we're just coming up. School districts are beginning their uh, budget uh, process uh, right now. Uh, in fact, most in nearly every district, the administration is working with uh, with the school staff and creating their budget. And certainly, we as a board, as board members, need to constantly refer to that vision as we're putting our budgets together. Uh, I can't think of a more critical time to understand and to remember uh, what our vision is. So, okay, next slide, please. Okay, the second element is is, uh, is structure, and it's real fine to have that vision. We must have that vision, and that is the critical and most important piece of us as a school board is to have a vision, where we're headed. But it's also equally important to have a structure that will support uh, that vision. And we as a school board have, uh, have many, many structures in place to support our vision. We talked about safe schools. I think all of us, by federal law, are required to have an emergency planning uh, structure in place. We have a budget in place that tells us how we're going to spend our money. That's, uh, uh, that's structure. We have a staff evaluation plan in place. That, uh, uh, that will, will, uh, is part of the uh, uh, structure. Just a, just a multitude of plans that we have in place that will structurally uh, support our, our vision. Okay, next slide. 
So if uh, if you have a set of goals as a school board, I think most of us come together annually in some sort of a goal-setting session. Can anyone share how you set your board goals, how you, how you arrived at those goals? Well, I will tell you how we uh, how we did that in Kodiak in my in my school board. And this is certainly not uh, uh, not the only way, but uh, we began our goal setting session uh, as we do every year by talking about our mission, what our mission was. We looked at last year's goals, and our superintendent uh, walked us through those goals, and we looked at the progress that we had made uh, on those goals. And then we had a discussion about the previous year's uh, goals. And that discussion centered around, have we met that goal? Have we institutionalized that goal? Do we need to continue that goal in, into the coming year? Is it still of such importance that we will, that we will continue uh, that goal? And then we went around the table and all board members talked about what they would like to have as an additional goal, perhaps. And after we had all those up on the board, then we then we uh, uh, tried to uh, combine those into like goals and to come up with goals. And then we looked at our mission statement again to see if if uh, if those goals truly were going to to advance the mission that we had uh, as a school district. And so that's just how we did it. Uh, uh, in Kodiak, and we have two goal-setting sessions a year in my district. That we, uh, the first one is that we put together our goals, and uh, and then we have an update uh, midway uh, through the year. And so, relative to your policies, your school board policies, uh, how do you ensure that those policies are aligned with uh, with your board's vision? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, if you have a policy review committee that periodically reviews certain sections of your policy every year, I would recommend that that be one of the charges given to your policy review committee to ensure that the school board policies are aligned with the school district mission statement, with the school district's vision. And they can re that policy review committee then can report back to the full board as you make uh, uh, revisions to your policy uh, each year. Just uh, It's just a check, if you would, a self-check that, yes, we are still committed to our vision and our policies support uh, that mission. Now, each one of us are required to evaluate our superintendent uh, each year. Uh, how do we, or how do you, give me some ideas, give, share with us some ideas. As you plan for your, for your superintendent's review, how is that uh, performance review tied to your vision statement, to your mission statement? Do you make a connection between the two? Well, if the um, 
superintendent is uh, working for the district and we are the school board and it's our mission statement, then it seems um, common sense that it would follow, that he he would have to follow the same idea behind our mission statement. Yeah. So I suppose in a review, uh, you would go back and review the year and make sure decisions that were made were by him or her uh, aligned with that vision or mission statement. Yeah, that's that's exactly uh, that's exactly it. You understand it perfectly, and I would recommend is that as we as we go over that evaluation with our superintendent, and we set down goals for the coming year for our superintendent that what we want him or her to work on, that the mission or the vision statement would play a, a big part in that, so that the superintendent would know. We value our mission statement, we live by our mission statement, and we want you to be committed to to carry out that uh, that mission statement. Now, relative to creating your budget, how are some ways that you can use your mission statement to your vision as a that you have as a board to help you create your budget? As as you as you create that budget, one way that I've uh, that I've seen is that uh, is the site manager, school uh, school principals, as they present their portions of the budget, uh, include a narrative that uh, that just comments on their budget request and how how they relate to the uh, to the district's uh, vision. That might be something you want you may want to consider. Uh, doing as you as you put together your budget, does the budget does the budget support and advance the vision statement uh, for the school district? And that's certainly a, a very concrete way that you can show the community that that vision statement does mean something uh, to you. Okay, next slide. Uh, accountability. We certainly want to be and should want to be accountable uh, to the uh, to the public. The public has elected us as their representatives to govern the schools and we should certainly live up to that and be accountable to those folks that elected us. But not only should we be uh, accountable, we should report those results uh, to the public. The public should know that we are looking at how our schools are doing, and so there are there are various uh, uh, ways that uh, this is. Just in your short time as a as a school board member, as a new school board member, if we could come to the next slide, please. Uh, in your short time as a board member, can anyone share with uh, with the rest of us uh, what uh, what assessment data? That you've received on your students, and then uh, and then how you've taken that data, how you've made sure that your community has seen that data. Can anyone do that? Uh, 
I think um, the only data I can think of um, off the top of my head that we've received um, was the uh, um, public report card. Okay. And and that's um, something that is, is sent out from the district to um, everyone in the community. Okay. That district report card has a lot of information on it. That's a great way to uh, to get it out to uh, to your community. And most of us put that district report card uh, on our website uh, as well. And we certainly have uh, and we certainly have copies available in the district offices and. And those of us that maybe are smaller than uh, other school districts, sending it out to every person in the community is a great uh, idea. I've seen uh, a uh, a uh, abridged version of the district report card placed in the uh, community newspaper, so that uh, so that the entire community can do it. A lot of assessment data that you're gonna that you're gonna get. And, and you'll learn a complete new vocabulary as a school board member. And one of the most important are what we call SBAs, the Standards-Based Assessments. And uh, you'll get those, uh, you'll get a report uh, as a school board member from the administration, and that tells how your students are doing from, uh, uh, from year to year. It tells how your grades are doing from uh, year to year. There's a lot of different ways to, to assess or to look at that uh, information. So I would encourage you to devote a full meeting just to looking at that, uh, at that standards-based assessment data. Uh, have your superintendent or someone in your central office explain that data where that you understand it, and even more importantly, so that you can explain it to members of your community. Is our school doing better than it did last year? Are our students actually making uh, progress in their student achievement, and so so you want to look at that uh, at that data very carefully. And Norm, uh, yes, I get a note from Barb. She said our high school principal compiled data on number of students needing credit recovery and how many classes need to be made up. We are working on how to address this need. Okay, can you say that again, please? Our high school principal compiled data on number of students needing credit recovery and how many classes need to be made up. We are working on how to address this need. That's a that's a great uh, that's a great report. Then it's uh, and it's not something that that's always comfortable uh, for us to get. But we have to know where our students are so that we can know what we can do. And it and it sounds like you're doing the uh, the perfect type of uh, of, uh, of assessment of that. Looking at your kids, uh, credit recovery. You know. We, we want our kids to graduate. We want them to get that diploma, but some of them need extra need, need extra help. They need some additional help, and so it sounds like your high school principal has that well in hand. How can we know what we need to do, need to know, need to do, if we don't know how well our students are doing? And so that's uh, that's great. The Alaska High School Graduation Qualifying Exam. How many of our kids have uh, have passed all three elements of that? The reading. Uh, the writing and the math uh, sections of it as 10th graders. Have they made progress as 11th graders? Have they made progress as 12th graders? And they can continue to take that even even after they uh, after they graduate. And so it, it sounds like you folks uh, have that uh, uh, well in hand. And so so 
you're looking at that. It's a little overwhelming uh, as a new school board member, but let me encourage you. As a school board member, the most important thing that you can say in a board meeting as you're getting information on these assessments is, I don't understand that. I'm not sure what that meant. And keep saying that till you understand it. Remember, we're not educators. We're lay people. And so we need to be able to understand it so that we can uh, report out that information to those folks that uh, that uh, that we come in contact with that elected us. Okay, next slide, please. Advocacy. The board champions the vision. I'm fond of saying that the greatest cheerleaders that our school district has should be our Board of Education. We should constantly be looking at ways to showcase our schools, our students, our volunteers, our teachers, our administrators. We are advocates for public education uh, within, uh, within our community. So I think everyone that's online today can do this. Let's, uh, next slide, please. Let's, uh, I'd like everyone to tell me at least one way that you have recognized students or staff in your district. Well, there are numerous ways that uh, that we can share that we can uh, that we can recognize folks. Uh, I'm sure that uh, at your board meetings, your superintendent, in his report, constantly talks about uh, what kids are doing uh, in your district. Last night at our school board meeting here in Kodiak, we recognized volunteers from two of our schools, from Kodiak Middle School and from uh, Port Lyon School. And that's something that we do every uh, every school board meeting. Uh, schools forward names and we provide certificates uh, to those employees. Little enough recognition, but at least we're getting their, uh, their names out. Now, one of the ways that uh, that certainly you can, you as a school board member, can ensure that students in your district are recognized. Hopefully some of you at the annual conference just held in November attended the fundraiser for the June Nelson Memorial Scholarship. And that night, school board members from all over the state uh, donated materials and we auctioned it off and, and, and folks really opened up their checkbooks and they, they donated a tremendous amount of money to fund scholarships this year. The association has those scholarship applications out, and so tell your students about that. I would like to see a student from your school be awarded one of those scholarships. You can get that uh, scholarship application either at your high school counseling center or you can get it online at, uh, at AASB's website, aasb.org. Uh, just just come on to our website and that uh, that application's there. So I would 
challenge each one of you to talk to your graduating seniors and have them apply for that scholarship. It's a, it's a great way to, to recognize uh, that. Is there any other way, is there ways that, uh, that folks that are online today can share about how you make opportunities for parents in the community to share the good things that are going on in your schools? And I have a note, Norm, from Barbara. Okay, go ahead. By helping them connect community members to the school, board members show that we realize how important what they do is. Sure. Just there are numerous ways to to make those opportunities uh, uh, available, and and we always want to to as much as possible be able to to share those ways so that uh, folks in our community know that we are advocating for 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 their schools. So that's a that being an advocate's really a pretty easy one because. I don't think you'd have run for the school board unless you were an advocate for for your schools and for your uh, for your students. One of the things before we move on, we just want to be particularly sensitive to always re, uh, recognizing uh, our staff because we couldn't uh, do that without the uh, without our teachers, our administrators, our paraprofessionals, our support staff. Uh, those folks need to be recognized uh, as well for the great job they're doing with our kids. Okay, next slide, please. Finally, we get to conduct and, uh, and ethics. And this is, uh, this is so important. We conduct district business in a fair, a respectful, and a responsible manner. Now, you know, it's pretty easy to be legal. And all of us, you know, we stop for stop signs, we pay our income tax, we uh we do everything that we can to uh uh to be legal. But folks, being ethical is a higher standard than just being legal. We want to conduct ourselves in an ethical manner so that there's not a hint of wrongdoing in anything that we do. And it's so important in this day and age. Think back for a moment about all of the uh all of the, the, the bad press uh in the paper when it comes to politicians. Just recently the US House of Representatives censured one of their own members for unethical behavior. In our own state a few years ago, we felt like we were being dragged through the mud about things that were happening in uh, in Juneau and the allegations that were made over over improper uh, influence being held over over our own state uh, uh, politicians. Well, I'm here to tell you, we as school board members need to always remain above that fray. We need to ensure that our conduct our conduct is above reproach, and that everything that we do, we are behaving as ethically as we possibly can. My colleague, Timmy Tullis, is always saying, and, and I think it's a great saying, she says, do you mind what you do and what you say being printed in tomorrow's newspaper? 
And if you don't mind that, if it's okay, if it appears in the next day's newspaper, then it's probably okay. However, if you would feel a little uncomfortable with those words or that action being printed in the next day's newspaper, perhaps we ought to reconsider uh, what we do. So that seems to be like a, a good standard to hold ourselves uh, uh, to. So next slide, please. So how do you measure the effectiveness of your meeting? When you have a school board meeting, how do you determine if that was an effective school board meeting? Well, I would suggest to you that an effective school board meeting takes care of the needs of our kids. That seems like an oversimplification, but I don't know a better standard that we could adhere to. Did it take care of the needs of our kids? And let me tell you this for certain. I don't think the board, I don't think the community wants to see us as a board fighting with each other. I think they want to see us doing the business of our schools. And so when we conduct ourselves professionally, when we conduct ourselves ethically, when we take care of the business of the board, I think the public is well served, and particularly our students are well served. This certainly doesn't mean that, uh, that we all vote the same way every time. That's not what it means at all. It is treating each other with courtesy, with respect. It is listening to each other. It is considering each other's opinions. And it is doing the right thing, as our conscience tells us to do, uh, for our kids. Even should we choose to disagree, we can disagree as ladies and gentlemen. Board self-assessments are a tool that I would recommend to each one of us as school board members, at least on an annual basis, to come together and to assess ourselves. The Association of Alaska School Boards is available to facilitate this process if you would like us to, or you can self-facilitate uh, the process. The instrument is, uh, is available to you as a board. Feel free to make any changes to that to better fit your uh, your needs and your individual districts. But highly recommend, once again, that you do an assessment of yourself at least uh, uh, annually. Now, if your board had a six to one vote, you had a seven member board and the vote came down to six to one and you were that one, all five of your colleagues voted the other way. How would you handle being the one holdout, being the one person who voted against that particular item? Are there any thoughts on, on how you would conduct yourself on that? Well, I was just um, reading over our... Um our policy reference manual, and one of the things that I have highlighted in it um, is that once a board decision has been reached, all board members shall abide by the decision until it is amended and rescinded by a subsequent board action. Um, 
So even if you were the one to stand out, you still need to work with the rest of your board to um, continue with the whatever action was taken. It's it's not going to help anything to be um, fighting about it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Remember, we as individual school board members have no power. The only power that we possess is as a board. And once a board, as you indicated, has made that decision, then we move forward as a board. And I have a responsibility, should I be that one holdout, then once that uh, I haven't prevailed, once that my colleagues have prevailed in that 6-1 vote, then it's time for me to get on board with my board and to support that decision, as you indicated. At some future point, if it's rescinded, as your board policy indicates, then that's the time, or it's uh, taken up again, then that's the time to address it again and to argue passionately for your position. But it is incumbent on each one of us to support, to support the majority rule. Remember, I think all of us adhere and we, we operate under Robert's Rules of Order to our board. The only purpose for Robert's Rules is so that the minority is heard and the majority prevails. That's the purpose of having a system like Robert's Rules of Order, so that everybody has a voice, but the majority always rules. That's just simple democracy in, in, in action, and we certainly should serve as models for our students as we, as we uh, conduct the business of the board. So thank you for sharing that. I do have a, a note from Barb, too. Okay. She says, the problem is that there is no consequence for a board member who is outwarded continuing to publicly take a stand. It's very divisive for the board and the community, but it is not illegal. That is very difficult when we have a recalcitrant board member who tries to to create dissent. And, and, and I don't have a black and white answer for you about how to how to handle that. That is uh, uh, that is such a difficult uh, uh, challenge that we face. All that I could tell you, and and I'm not being flip with my answer at all. And and I want you to to know that because I I empathize with you exactly what you're saying. Just remember, it takes two people to argue, and if I'm not one of those people then many times the argument goes away. And so the only thing that I could tell you is if you have a board member who continues to be divisive is that you continue to conduct yourself ethically, above reproach. Don't enter into those frays with your, with your board member. Refuse to argue with them. And hopefully that the public will see, the public will see how that board member is acting and at the next election, Possibly there will be a change. Not a great answer, but it's the only one I have. And Bob says, thank you, Norm. <laughs> if you come up with an answer, uh, please let me know. I've been on the school board 20 years, and so far I haven't come up with a better answer. So I'm still waiting. So, so if you have it, please share with me. Okay, finally, we have a, uh, we have a situation here. We have... Uh, the scenario says you're flying to Juneau for the fly-in with two other board members. 
But once the meetings begin, you never see one of them. And later, they tell you they're visiting their aunt who lives there. What do you think you would do? Um, probably talk to the person about the reason that we're there. Try and remind them that um, ultimately this this is is for the kids. That's that's why we would go to these things and um, and. <laughs> hope that they um, see what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's never comfortable, is it? Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's difficult to, uh, uh, to take one of your colleagues to task like that. This is a, this is a real situation that happened. And, and let me tell you what this particular school district did. And it took a lot of courage on their part, but uh, but they stepped up to the plate. They one of the board members who happened to be the board president went and spoke to this board member, and uh, and it didn't seem like there was much remorse, according to him. I was speaking with him uh, sometime later. The board president then brought this up at the next meeting, and the board as a whole determined that uh, they were not going to pay this board member's expenses and so they uh they got repayment for his for uh, for his plane ticket for his hotel bill for the per diem that he was paid uh and so forth and their position that particular board's position was that when you're on board business you take care of board business and if you weren't going to take care of board business the district wasn't going to pay any expenses for that so it was a very courageous step on their on their part, and it was very difficult for them. But the community stepped up and, and applauded them uh, uh, for it. And I don't think it made life easier between them and their colleague. And uh, there were probably long-standing uh, anger issues uh, in that small community. But they stepped up, and they determined for them that was the right thing to do. And so, as you said, as you indicated, if you're there doing work for kids, you should be doing that work. Okay, next slide, please. Now, remember board standards, and all of your boards have adopted these board standards. They're not a program. It's not an initiative. It's a way of life. It is things that we have embedded and enmeshed within us as we as we go about our work as a board. We have vision. We know what our vision is. We have a structure that supports our vision. We have accountability measures in place so that we can be accountable to the public and we can report our results to the public. We act as advocates for public education and specifically for the schools within our community. And in doing all of these things, we conduct ourselves to the high standard of ethical behavior that we possibly can. Am I okay with reading about what I did or what I said in the newspaper tomorrow, to quote my colleague Timmy Tullis? So, before we close today, I want to thank all of you for being here today. I want to thank you for your service 
for your willingness to step forward and to put yourself on the firing line. I know it's not easy always being a school board member, but it's for our most precious resource. It's for our kids. And so I thank you uh, for doing that. Before we sign off today, is there any last uh, uh, thing that you would like to share with, uh, with the rest of us? Okay, well, have a uh, good rest of the day. I wish each one of you a Merry Christmas and, and a Happy Holiday Season. And uh, I hope to see you soon in another training and certainly uh, to continue to participate to make yourself a better school board member as we continue with this, uh, with this uh, webinar series. Thank you once again. And so goodbye, everyone. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please stand by.